glory be this day, for the day brings another S-O-V-P-O-D, presented dutifully by Arby's. During this episode, you may enhance the experience by licking yourself in places you've Never attempted to before. This is a filet of fish sandwich. This is Arby's crispy fish sandwich. And this is Arby's fish and cheddar sandwich. Ours are two for six. There's his oops, there it goes, who cares anyway? Arby's, we have the meat. Hey, Kaka Buttface, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, 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 I can. Oh, okay, okay, okay. try to be uh, very, very good about it. Like, I constantly have to yell at the dogs because they'll find that spot that they start licking. Oh, yeah, and you didn't, you haven't taken a shower for a couple days, so you don't want them to get sick or anything when they're, they're licking you there. No, 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 I'm talking oh. about themselves. Oh, All okay. Right. All right, just start the show, start the show. Uh, so we are back, and I'm not just saying we're, we're back from... Uh, last week, because guess what? There was no show last week. This is our first show in... God, well, Brad, when was the last time we said uh, we were going to record? That was like last July? I have, I'm have. i lost. I, I don't I don't know the bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no bit. Uh, Brad Henderson um, from Vinegar Syndrome and the Screamcast and I, Mike Delaney, are back. Uh, we're bringing you... Well, we have four episodes in the can of uh, T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D. The T-H-E stands for the. So Brad thinks I'm doing a bit because we've recorded these three other things. And uh, I've been joking about the order of the episodes and whatnot. And then one of the episodes, there was a bit where we recorded it as the first episode, not just of the new season, but of the show entirely. And then, and then I realized, Brad, that this whole thing has just become a convoluted mess to make myself laugh. So I just thought today, you know, I'm just going to vanilla it up and just be like the whitest white host there, there could possibly be for uh, T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D, which is hard because there is you and your name is Bradley Friday. The 13th never comes fast enough. Henderson, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing uh, quite well. Excited to talk about some uh, meat market and my history with meat market. Yes, because on the last episode of T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D, we did uh, Death Nurse 1 and 2, and then we left you with this. And that wasn't um, I, I think what we're going to do is I made a couple shot on video movies uh, myself which uh, takes place in, uh, I haven't, I mean, I told Mike the titles, but I, he hasn't seen them yet, um, is that we're watching a couple movies I shot in my bedroom called Meat Market. And uh, Meat uh-huh. Market 1 and 2, and uh-huh. we're going to be uh, reviewing those and, and talking about my shot on video movies that are in my bedroom. Uh-huh. So, Meat Market 1 and 2. But that was, what, uh... Gosh, 15 months ago, and in the last 15 months, if this world uh, had not fallen down and Brad and I, you know, we just decided to to pick ourselves up, dust off, and uh, come back to the world of SOV, because that's what the world needs now. Because we don't have a vaccine, and not, not for coronavirus at least, but we do have a vaccine for loneliness, for quarantine. And that's getting together and talking about movies that were made by people who love movies. Two people that love movies, Brad! Not just do we love movies, we also love food. What are you bringing to the meat market today, son? Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I 
don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. I'm bringing just fucking meat. Steaks. Just steak after steak after steak and get those nasty meat sweats. <laughs> when I when I passed out last night, the first thing that happened to me is my body like got super covered in sweat. And I had just eaten a hamburger. And I, I am now putting the two things together in my mind. And it is so fitting that today we're recording Meat Market. Uh, so Brad's going to give up me the meat sweats again, make me pass out. <laughs> Bro, I woke up. I woke up on the, the floor in the bathroom with my pants down at my ankles. And I was like, oh, shit, what happened? Um, but then I realized it wasn't uh, Tuesday. So I couldn't have been smoking and drinking. Then I realized it wasn't Wednesday, so it couldn't have been a meth overdose. Oh wait, it was Wednesday. Fuck! That's bad news, Mike. That's bad. Bad news bears. Totally, man. God damn. Okay. Alright, I gotta get off that shit. It's a hell of a drug. Um, what I am bringing to the show today is just a nice farm-fresh salad because I've been to the meat market. And I had all the meat, the sweaty meat that that market had to offer. And boy, oh boy, if I'm not fucking done with that. So I got a nice head of uh, butter lettuce. I, uh, I eat, you know, that beautiful head of butter lettuce, the kind that comes in the, the clam shell that is going to be around for hundreds of years, you know. And it has that little... Uh, that little wispy tail of, of roots, right? Of roots on it to keep it nice and fresh. And what I do is I just turned, I turned that no, that dirty knob of roots and took it right off and uh, rinsed that, that lettuce, broke it in half. Uh, an onion, tomato, fresh dill, uh, and some vinegar and oil. And man, if it's not just what I needed. Sounds pretty delicious. Uh, but don't eat while watching Meat Market. Oh no, no, this is very much a, uh, a Polonia Brothers style uh, gore fest. And <laughs> no, do not eat during meat market. Also, uh, don't, or I mean, you could, you could do this thing I'm about to say and play along with the, the, the movie, but don't, don't get into like a sexy time during meat market. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very dirty movie. What? Very dirty. It's like the Congress floor. You don't you don't eat down there, and and you don't uh, fuck down there, and that's it. Those are the two rules of meat market and uh, and Congress. So, Brad, we are to it. Tell us about meat market. However, however you want to kick this one off, because um, I actually had no history of it prior to uh, I, I think uh, Ron releasing it last uh, May. Maybe he did a he did a two pack and sent some nice posters with it, but. Uh, before that, I didn't have any history with it. If you want to give us uh, the lowdown on this SVHS uh, classic. Yeah, so uh, for, for me, my history was, uh, I'm not sure the exact, uh, the exact year, but um, I remember going to the Virgin Megastore in Orlando, and that was a place that I could buy stuff like this. I remember getting a lot of European stuff there a lot of Japanese uh, films. Uh, they had um, imports there, but also, you know, anything that was on DVD uh, that, you know, Kino had, because uh, Kino is actually a, a really good supporter of, uh, of a lot of these um, films like this. And they had Sub Rosa uh, titles there too, which that was the original uh, DVD that Meat Market um, came out on. So uh, I was really into zombies around that time uh, in high school. I, I love zombie films. And um, I just, I saw it sitting on the shelf. I saw part one and two. And, um, you know, Virgin Megastore is a little more expensive. So whenever I bought DVDs, I would have to drop like $20, $25 a pop on them. But when I went there, I knew that I, that's what I was going there for. I could get anything else like at Specs or FYE in town. When I went to Virgin Megastore, I was usually buying movies that I've never, ever seen. Um yeah, we have. Uh, the, yeah, I, I have a few relationships like that with retailers out here, where you know you're going to have to pay a little bit more, but you're paying for, and especially at that time, w without uh, online sales, you're paying for the the selection in store. So you know, five extra bucks for a DVD seemed like a good, 
good deal to me at the time because I got to physically get the thing um, I was looking for that they didn't have at Best Buy or wherever. Yeah, and so, so uh, I mean, typically I would go to Best Buy, FY, or FYE Specs. There was the same company at one point. But uh, yeah, Specs in town. Uh, these other places, there was a couple. Uh, DVD Universe was a place that I picked up a lot of uh, weird films at the time, you know, buying, buying things online. But when I went to Virgin Megastore, it was always blind buys. And I had a great experience uh, doing that. I, I saw uh, Mike's uh, uh, Dead or Alive there. I bought that. I bought Shark Skin Man and the Peach Hip Girl um, and <laughs> Meat Market of everything. So um, yeah, when, 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 I, when I purchased, I saw the zombies and I got really excited. And, uh, you know, I grew up on a lot of shot and video stuff uh, because of my childhood going to, um, like I've mentioned a few times in different, uh, different podcasts. I had a, uh, in Ohio and we would go visit for the summer. There was a, a video store there called video time and they had a lot of shot and video stuff. So I wasn't really, I was very familiar with that around that time that I purchased this, which was, probably when I was uh, probably like 2002, 2003. So I'd have been in my late teens um, at the time. And uh, I remember getting it home, popping it in, and immediately just like grabbed from the image on screen because it was, as Mike uh, briefly said, it was shot on SVHS, which is a higher quality VHS. Um, it's a lot clearer, which you can kind of watch this stuff and at times you're like this could have been shot on eight millimeter but it's not it's shot on svhs which had a higher uh picture quality uh rather than your like 240p for vhs this is like i think it like went up to like 420 or yeah. something like that it's um, still below your mini dv yeah yeah it's, it's still I mean, below significantly that. but but it <laughs> looks better than vhs so if you're oh, yeah. very familiar with the formats it's like oh this does look but it, it is very very clear especially the second film uh so so meat market uh one and two were shot on svhs um which is like i said high quality uh vhs and it looks good and there were good filmmakers even though they were just young guys they they had they had a really knack for this stuff uh, other than kind of the 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 shot setup uh camera movement um it was just very professionally done for what they had which was nothing yeah the the production was led by a young man the the director um Brian Clement, right? Yep, yeah, Brian, Brian Clement. Clement. Uh, Canadian, uh, I believe out in Victoria um, area, but uh, yeah, just a very passionate young filmmaker that really looked around his life um, since he became interested in film. He, he says around like 1995 is, is when he really started to look around and assess like locations that he had available to him, equipment and whatnot. And um, his, his words exactly were, yeah, we could wait around for the money to, to make a movie. I could wait 10 years for $100 million or whatever, or I could just get this done to do it because that's my goal and I could do it for under two grand. So uh, there's quite a bit of scope in that two grand as well. Yeah, and that, that's the cool thing about Meat Market is that the, the movie itself is very, very, uh, the idea is very, very big. I mean, we're dealing with a global uh, zombie outbreak, not just in a small town. It's literally everywhere. Um, so much like kind of in the spirit of Leaf Yonker's darkness, we have kind of meat market in the same vein. Um, or uh, what was that demon movie? Uh, Savage, uh, Savage Harvest, which was shot on, I think, eight millimeter as well or 16. I can't really remember. Savage Garden? No. With the, with the Chicka Cherry Cola? No, no. Um, so so in, in kind of in vain of those films, we have Meat Market as well, which is completely DIY. And when you, when you look at the film as a whole, to see kind of like, you know, <laughs> this, it's, it's basically, you know, Dawn of the Dead in a way. There's, there, there's so many elements that kind of uh, have transpired from... Dawn of the Dead and other zombie films into Meat Market. And when you're watching it, like nothing really calls where it's like they ripped it off, 
uh, other than occasional maybe here their line that they have kind of lifted but you just kind of get this feel like in the one scene like the cops that are fighting um, you know, he obviously, the one guy blows his brains out, which was what Roger saw in Dawn of the Dead when he starts to flip out when they're kind of uh, ransacking that apartment complex that's kind of hiding the undead um, or hiding the dead in the cellar. Um, you know, yeah, but, but then, cribbing, cribbing a line or a shot or a style, especially when you're just paying homage, that's a, I mean, that's no, no big offense. It's not like dog soldiers with the, there is no spoon line. I mean, that's the most cringy line of all time, right? <laughs> yes, there is no spoon in dog soldiers. You're absolutely correct. Um, which is funny because spoon, I didn't, I just now got that. So, um, you know, Brian, Brian Clement and his friends got together to make this, um, to make this film and it's and it's just really really well done and like i said the, the the shots there's a tracking shot in this film um where it's very short but it just just that one tracking shot and there's like an explosion that happens in the background yeah it, it it really reminds me of that shot in brian de palma's uh the black dahlia when uh <laughs> no the, no the, i swear to god when Aaron Eckhart and Josh Hartnett first take the streets and it, 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 they're cribbing like that Korean style, like old boy, you know, where you're just shooting from uh, the side, you do a tracking shot, almost like, uh, uh, what would you call that? Like a beat em up action game, you know, that, that it's like scrolling along with the player and it is a, an amazing shot. Yeah, there's a couple explosions, there's smoke machines, there's zombies jumping out of places. And uh, it really, it looks like a goddamn miracle on that SVHS. Yeah, and it's it's just a really well done shot. And it just like that alone just kind of tells you that these uh, kids, guys knew exactly what they were doing. Um, so, and, and also to just, just kind of jump into it, we have not only a zombie movie, but they incorporated vampires Mm -hmm. And we have laser guns. Yeah. And social and commentary. Social commentary. And hardcore fucking. <laughs> no, it's no hardcore, but we do have some full frontal. Uh, I don't think those two are actually they, having sex. They are actually having sex. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. then we actually have hardcore pornography. In this yes. Yeah, yeah. You just don't see a lot of insertion, but you definitely see some jerking of uh, a penis. Um, so that's the other thing is like, there's, there's, uh, multiple real dicks in this, <laughs> in this film. There's, uh, uh an actual sex scene, I guess, that, were, they, were they together? Was that like her boyfriend or something? One of the vampires? I don't know. It was probably Harmony, Corinne, and Chloe 7A doing some oh, side God. project within Meat Market. I have no idea. It's just th this really ambitious story too. So, so we have two survivors, uh, in the film and I'm drawing a blank on their names uh, Sarlacc, not Sarlacc. That's a fucking Star Wars thing. <laughs> but do these names really matter? These are the Matrix characters, right? These are the no, guys. dude. Yeah, totally, totally the Matrix, <laughs> Matrix characters. Sharak, uh, uh, Sh 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 oh Sharak, yeah. So we have, we have Sharak and Argen Ar Ar Argenta, um, who are two survivors through all of this. Um, you know, just trying to make ends meet. Uh, then they meet uh, three vampires, which is um, Nemesis, because she transfers to the sequel. Um, <laughs> Are you looking at your like trading cards right now? Your no, no, I can't remember the I can't remember the other two. So, so basically, they they, they link up with these three vampires who have laser guns, and um, they also also meet a luchador um which is and this yes and we should say that this does predate you know uh nacho libre it predates low life obviously and it uh you know it, it really was bringing the luchador back it was on the forefront of uh luchador uh craze that, that swept uh, the early 2000s so, so we have we have the luchador uh, in this film who teams up with them. And we just kind of have this like cool barrage of like characters in, in this. And, uh, you know, the acting isn't amazing. Uh, the script isn't perfect, 
but it's it's very entertaining. It's a very compelling movie to make to to keep you occupied and sit there and then watch some of this cool special effects and watch the the homages in the film without winking at the camera. And that's one of the best parts about this is you can tell that these guys are fans of Fulci and Lindsay and Bava and all these other you know horror films that these guys probably watched through the years. But, um, you know, it, it's, we have a lot of horror films as, as, as fans of, of movies, just, just let's not let's say horror films, let's just say fans of movies. Um, you know, we're sitting there, we idolize, we, you know, rewatch all these movies and we're truly inspired, uh, you know, to write about them, to make our own movie, to show other people, to create a festival. Um, but the, sometimes when the people make these, they just kind of got into it. It was sometimes a job, you know, um, you know, or it's, it was a quick way to make money. I directed commercials. I can direct this horror film or this, you know, this action film. It, and there's not too many times where you have a, a people that are obsessed with movies make movies. And that's what you have with Meat Market. Uh, it's very, very obvious that these guys are incredibly inspired by a lot of these old, you know, schlocky uh, B Italian films. And we get one, but kind of Americanized and shot on video. Well, well, Canadianized. Not, yeah, true. Canadianized. Yeah. No, but there is footage of New York in there too. And I do think that they're actively doubling like Toronto and uh, urban Victoria areas for uh, <clears throat> New York. Um, but that brings me to another point. The The Blu-rays at uh, SRS Cinema, please go order these. Again, we can't they're say enough. Of, they're sold out. Oh, the, oh, they're sold out of this one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's fucking good of us to start the, the new season out with. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, you can, still, you can still find Meat Market someplace. And, you know, and if you, if you want to... Well, I mean, you can probably get on eBay and find a DVD now or, you know, buy, buy the Blu-rays. I mean, we're talking about a market that, you know, it's hard to sell some of this stuff. And, and being that Ron also does, and not to criticize Ron at all, he also does BDRs, which a lot of people are against. So when Ron prints up 200, 400 of these movies... I'm even surprised they move, but he does a lot of work into them. I mean, I, I was remember picking up the um, fucking Meat Market 2 Blu-ray and there's three goddamn commentaries on it. Yeah, what you got to do is you got to pick up <laughs> on giving Ron some love right now, okay? Yeah, Brad. so he, he, has, he has behind the scenes footage. Um, he has photo galleries. Basically, he tries to do whatever he does uh, to, 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 to make these... Uh, you know, special features work. Sure. And also having the filmmakers sometimes, you know, uh, not alter, but fix some. Uh, this, the sound design in some of these movies are definitely beefed up. Uh, you know, the contrast is definitely, you know, uh, fiddled with, but it does make it a lot, lot better. Um, but uh, anyway, all, all that was to say, one sec before I lose my point, sorry. Uh, all that was to say that um, on the five different commentaries across these two movies, uh, you can listen to Brian and his uh, screenwriter and producer friends. Like they're very thoughtful, self-aware people, even as young people at the time making uh, these movies. And I teased it earlier, but there is a bit of uh, social commentary in these films. And I, I, I do agree with your connection to Dawn of the Dead, not just in you know, names or zombie makeup or whatnot, but the idea that uh, the zombie is created as part of a greater uh, crisis, which would be like economic disparity between like the rich and the poor. And what they were saying on one of the commentaries was that this whole thing came from, I believe it was the, the mayor of the town they were living at the time, they used to think it was so funny because he would get on TV and talk about homeless people in the town as if they were like fucking monsters. So then these kids or young people just started thinking, well, what if the homeless people were monsters? And they started looking at uh, 
connecting you know capitalism in, a, in this virus you know this zombie virus to uh, this real world epidemic that was uh, sweeping their their cities. Yeah, I, I remember uh, uh, listening to the commentary when I when I first got the disc. It was a new one, and you know it, it, they're very well spoken individuals, and it's just also to show you. Um, that they knew exactly what they were doing, even though they claimed they didn't. And, you know, that goes a long way with, um, with a lot of these films is that they were doing it just because they were wanted to have fun. They never expected to make any money from it. Um, and meat market's definitely a lot more popular. I would say when I say a lot more popular, that's very small, but something like Garden Tool Massacre, Frankie and His Pals, which we've recently talked about, those are kind of considered lost um, at one point. But Me Market was kind of uh, available, uh, you know, on VHS and DVD. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I found it at Virgin Megastore, for Christ's sake. So, you know, it was definitely distributed, um, you know, a little more widely than some of these other films that we've even talked about, other than, you know, maybe some something that was widely available to rent on VHS in the 80s. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a huge accomplishment um, for, for this team. And like I said, you know, we, we have the first film that we talked about and then, the, you know, then they make a second one. They, uh, you know, basically the, right after uh, they make the first one, which has some carryover on a few of the characters, um, you know, that picks up, uh, I think it's like a year later um, that it picks up uh, from. So we're, we're following these survivors from the first movie, um, which is still, you know, part of the vampires. And uh, the second one isn't as good. Now there's three of these, there's three meat market films. Um, you know, we have the first two that were shot pretty much, I guess, back to back, you could say. And then we have uh, the third one that came in uh, years later that wasn't shot on VHS. since a few of us left. It's like it's contagious. This is a nightmare. All I want to do is wake up. All I want to do is wake up. first two are the first one's more of an action-packed a ton of zombies plenty of gore uh sex and violence and then the second one is more of uh kind of day of the dead in a way uh so we have like the first one's kind of like dawn of the dead with all the action and all the zombies and the third one's more of uh like day of the dead where it's more uh one is talky uh two there's uh this militia that is happening that is uh quote unquote, recruiting people, basically kidnapping and putting them in their, um, 
this fortress and and doing experiments and there's uh, necrophilia in this one a few times uh, there's still full frontal nudity um, on both uh, male and females um, but uh, it's definitely slower it's not as action-packed um, but still enjoyable and then we have um, the ghost of a luchador that pops up <laughs> which is one of the weirdest parts of the movie it's toward towards the end spoiler alert that just kind of comes out of nowhere that makes you smile because you know but then you think about it and you're like that doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense but again we're living in a movie where uh we have vampires and zombies and there's also that line in in the first one when they say they're vampires and they said vampires don't exist and the woman says well neither do walking corpses but here we are you know and um i always found that kind of funny even you know even though it's a little um it's hella deep it's it's very deep. Like it's like very, you're very... you're jumping into the deep end of psychosis when you start thinking of it's very deep. I don't know yeah. what's funny about it, Brad. Um very I think it's just saying very deep. That's funny. Um so so like I said, the the first film has a you know, it even the second film opens up with that zombie. Um, kind of homage where she shoots the one guy and says, you know, tell everybody they can leave now, um, you know, type thing. So, well, so the, yeah, the main guy from the first movie, because he gets he gets bit at the end, and then that's the the main actor from the first movie. So they kill his. Oh, kid. is that Chirac that's laying yeah. down? Yeah, yeah, because he didn't uh, want to be in Meat Market too. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. I didn't know that was Chirac. Yeah. Is it the same actor? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he's, I, like, he's like, get me out of these movies. Yeah, I just thought they were just killing somebody. Because I figured he would have died, you know. Right, from that pretty, bite. Pretty, yeah. yeah, he gets bit, and then it's like a year later, so I never actually pieced that together. He must have lived for quite some time. Well, so. no, I think no, I think that, you know, he gets bit, and then part two opens with that aftermath of the biting, like, right away, and then it's a year later, you know. It's like the, the Avengers are upset because all the people start disappearing. So then they get back together and then they go to outer space and they cut off Thanos' head. And then it's five years later. So like the whole movie doesn't take place five years later because the, the prologue is like that moment. Oh, that's right. Because throughout the first film, it's like week one, week two. Yeah. That type yeah, yeah, yeah. Of okay, okay. So yeah, I need to probably watch the... Second one again. But yeah. I don't I don't Ooh, uh, was that is that beating the, the zombie theme? No, you know I do a I do a bunch of these. Um hold on, let me let me do a couple of these. I don't I don't know what what, what they mean. I do this like for hours a day. Like it it's it's me stimming, like I'm an autistic child. I just sit there and I go. I'll do it on my pants. I'll do it on a computer, but I won't do it on the air anymore. Fuck you, Brad. But um, no, I've, I've said a lot about uh, Meat Market. Um, I just want people to support Ron too, but then you took that off the table like a dick. And then, because uh, you bought all of them, right, Brad? I bought um, 100 Meat Market Blu-rays. Right, and then you go ahead and you're that dick that like starts flipping them on eBay. Yeah, I've for like made four hundred. Yeah, I've made, dude. I've made thousands of dollars off the of meat market. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that. It's that much uh, in demand. Right. No. No. Yeah. For sure. And well, you bought fifty of the Garden Tool Massacres, and then you're showing you like opened my eyes to this underground Garden Tool Massacre uh, market. And well, ironically, you called it a meat market. The black market's called a meat market, and then you sell meat market on the meat anyway. So has a, a Vimeo account where you can rent uh, Meat Market One and Two uh, on his uh, Vimeo, and then way that way you could watch him if you if you can't find a DVD, a VHS, or a Blu-ray. Boom! Perfect, beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, so please go watch Meat Market One and Two, and definitely Three. We didn't uh, get in depth in it.
into it in this show because guess what? It was not S-O-V. It was F-I-L-M. Or no, probably not. Uh, no. No. <laughs> but it was mini TV. But uh, yeah, but that's still... I, I'm actually not sure. It was filmed in 2006, so I or filmed in 2005, so I I want to say that they moved away from that. Sure, sure. Um, but we do have a lot more SOV coming up on the new relaunched T-H-E-S-O-V-P-O-D. Big, big announcement is that uh, all the bullshit jokes about Arby's are not done. We're not done with our bullshit jokes about Arby's, so you're going to be getting a lot of Arby's this season. Uh, Eduard Montgomery from uh, the, the Montgomery Associates, they restored um, Heavy Metal Parking Lot. You guys remember that story. Eduard Montgomery is back uh, this year with us as our official Arby spokesperson. Um, I'm going to try to keep these conversations, at, at least on my end, I'm going to try to keep them more focused uh, because this is a time I get to spend with my friend Brad and I love Brad and we're going to make our weird jokes that we normally make. Um, I'm just going to be a bit more grounded and get less uh, experimental with editing and, and whatnot and just stay focused on uh, the films and uh, our conversation. And those conversations are fun. This week was Meat Market 1 and 2. Next week, uh, we'll be looking at the McPherson tape. Then in two weeks, we'll be looking at Frankie and his pals. And closing out uh, a month, if we're doing a month forecast, uh, the final episode um, for that four-week time period will be, what was it? The Garden Tool Massacre, one of, uh, one of my favorites we've done lately. So, um, so Brad, this is... Now do you see how I had this whole thing set up? This is our last episode, but it's also our first episode. And I've already just done the thing that uh, I said I wouldn't do, which is make things confusing. Dude, I'm, I like, just to let people know that are listening to this, is that I am learning this as you do. Yeah, he, he learns it in real time. What Brad does is he, he, he'll, he'll text me and he goes, we're going to record, bitch. And then I'm like, I write him back. I'm like, hi, Brad, missed you too. And he's like, what? Come on, let's do it. And then I go, okay. And then he, you know, doesn't say anything for days. And then I'm like, Brad, man, when, when do you want to record? And he's like, God, get off my nuts. And it's a miracle that we pull anything off, let alone uh, having four in the can that we could proudly say are coming to you. You know, part of that's a lie, and then part of it is the truth. <laughs> but but here's the funny thing about uh, me and Brad and what we do with this show. The part you think is a lie is probably the truth, and the part you think is true <laughs> is probably the lie. Because there are, there are a lot of half-truths we tell on this show, and there are a lot of just flat-out lies. And some of the lies people just take as fact, and then the half-truths are the things that were, you know... I'm confused right now. I'm done talking. I have fun on this show, Brad. That's the point. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. So you can watch, like I said, Meat Market on Vimeo, uh, support SRS Cinema, uh, because we're going to probably be talking a few more uh, titles that Ron has uh, released. But if you like zombies, you like DIY stuff, you like SOV, Meat Market is uh, for you. Um, because it's so, it's a very innovative movie. It's, it's, it's a very well done shot on video film it's uh you know for for them not how much money they have two grand yeah like, yeah both uh I, I think both the first film both the first two films altogether was like under uh like three grand for both of them yeah because you look at these like where they're shooting the set i mean they were lucky to get some of these locations but it really does look like it, there's a couple cheap things you can see like you know their layer is obviously somebody's bedroom, but you know uh, they're shooting in these dilapidated buildings. Um, you know uh, they're they're shooting stuff on the streets with zombies. There's a lot of cool, cool shit in this movie, and it's and it's very, very impressive. And this is always has been one of my favorite zombie flicks. And I'll never forget getting home and popping in that DVD and, and, you know, just, just feeling the inspiration uh, coming to myself. And then I was like, man, I want to make a fucking make a zombie movie. If it like these, like, that's what sucks 
is that these guys are so fucking talented to make to make a movie off of fucking nothing you know because i I like i said it really does feel like such a big ass fucking movie but it's really just super small you know but but it's just giving that vibe and it, it 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 inspires me so much but also makes me feel sick that i can't do this um, but you can, you, know, you do. Well, I, you know, I, I honestly, I wish, you know, I get that question, you know, and, and there, I guess there comes a time here. We're going to get a little philosophical, I guess, to make this mm-hmm. episode run time longer. Um, <laughs> I thought we were done five minutes ago, but <laughs> I'm, I'm scrapping back in. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think this is the truth. This is no no lie, even though Mike said this is a lie because I'm telling the truth. Um, so y- you always get that question, like, would you would you do it all over again? You know, you start, I guess, asking yourself that when you're older or you get asked that question. And I typically say no. But, you know, th- there's two things that I would probably do again. And one, and I would try to do school a little more seriously, like in college. And I also would have fucking made movies when I was a teenager. You know, if I knew what I knew now, or if I knew then what I knew now, where you could just pick up a fucking camera and make something. And we did, but we made short films. I should have made fucking feature films, man. Yeah. And then fucking Ron Bonk would have been calling me and then asked, you know, <laughs> 20, me a, 20 years uh, later, you're man- giving me a thousand dollars for a license. <laughs> <laughs> license my movie super fucking cheap, making a limited edition Blu-ray 200. But I mean, how fucking cool is that though? That that's actually happening. You know, that that's, that's the neat part is that, you know, as whether we're kids or we're adults, we see these mo- movies, we don't forget about them you know, and, and, and we, we cherish them and, you know, we're inspired by them, but it's such a cool thing that you're able to do with, uh, with a lot of these like garden tool massacre was a prime example of a bunch of kids just making a movie. And, you know, uh, even though I don't think anybody listens to this show, I can um, kind of hint that when I was working at wild eye releasing, this is a scoop. Um, I was working at Wild Ride. Release. Stephanie voice, a scoop. A uh, scoop. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I heard about these kids in Hawaii that um, were kind of doing the same thing. They were, uh, I think, 15. And they, um, I was reading this article back in the 90s, uh, the, like this local paper for, you know, the where they lived in Hawaii, they had this uh, kind of film festival out there. And I was reading about how these local filmmakers uh, were about 15, 16 years old, making these short films, were making a feature. And I was like, man, this is really fucking cool. And then they grew up and they were making actual movies. And I remember seeing a couple of them. I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea these kids were making movies. And they grew up to be Chris Pratt and Keanu Reeves. Isn't that the, like the weirdest ending to the story though? Yeah. So um, I contacted them and I said, hey, you know, you, do you have this uh, movie that you got? And they were like, yeah, we shot it on video when we were like 16, but we don't really, you know, we don't watch it or we don't even know where it is. And after they they looked around, um, they they found uh, a copy of the film, but it was moldy, and uh, <laughs> we took a chance and you know basically did um, what they did for uh, was it Garden Tool Massacre? I think they were saying that they their their tape was all dilapidated. Um, uh, and stuff like that, and you know basically. Well, they- they use the same processes to to restore it as Edgeward Montgomery outlaid for uh, heavy metal parking lot, if I remember. So, so you got to like basically uh, cook these tapes. You got to bake them, you know, and uh, hopefully that it peels apart correctly and then clean the tape. Um, but we able we were able to. So it's not out yet, but we uh, um, we we made this movie come back. 
and um, it's it's incredibly impressive and it's heartwarming because you know even though it's this blood fest of a movie um, with amazing special effects, it, there's plenty of films like this out there, and you know it, we can look at Carpenter. We can look at Romero, which I'm heavily, heavily inspired by them more than probably shot on video stuff. But well, order- save it for that podcast. You and you and Bloody Disgusting can go do your John Carpenter podcast. Okay, so, stay focused. Fred. Keep going. So, you know, I'm inspired by that stuff. But when you want to see something that you would be able to obtain yourself and your with your friends, like shot on video is the way to go. Because you can do that. And, man, I would have made so many fucking movies in the 80s. It's just so fucking easy. Yeah, but it's so fucking easy now, though, too. No, it's not. (laughs) Everyone's yelling at you right now, Brad. They're saying, you have a cell phone. You you could do 24p. Like, you could shoot with the thing in your pocket. You could make a movie that looks like Lawrence of Arabia. And then you're going to say, well, I need my permit. So this, no, you do it the same way. SOV is a state of mind, bruh. It's not just the VHS. That's all we cover here though. is the VHS shit, but SOV is a state of mind. Yeah, it's true. All right. I think, I think Steven, Steven Soderbergh has got to be the best uh, SOV minded, like, Hollywood director I can think like the biggest example of it and then from there you know you think of him on one end of the spectrum of SOV style filmmakers and then you got uh, uh, the, the people who made Hell Roller on the other end <laughs> you know I wonder if people like Soderbergh or like what was um, Sean Baker um, if, if they watched movies like this and that's how they actually got inspired well, Sean, Sean Baker has, that answer has to be yes, right? Like Sean Baker had to have seen Blonde Death at some point. I would, just, I would think so. He's, he's pretty knowledgeable with, with stuff and he's obviously a fan of uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Um, but yeah, no, he's really into that type of, uh, type of yeah, thing. His, his I, work's I not very so. transgressive, but uh, you know, he, he, he takes a lot of themes that, anyway. But yeah, I, I would be surprised if he hadn't seen Blonde Death, at least. And then Soderbergh, the answer has to be yes, right? Seeing Blonde Death? No, I don't think so. No, no, no. I'm saying for being into SOV movies. I oh, mean, the yeah. man made Maybe. Sex videotape, and he, you know, he's always innovating. Uh, what you? I mean, he made a videotape movie himself with um, Full Frontal. He decided to shoot that all on mini DV and blow that <laughs> crap up to thirty. Did he shoot, didn't he shoot the girlfriend experience like that too? Uh, yeah, but um, but I mean, the tech had caught up by that point, and that's only different of what seven years. And then, yeah. and then, of course, he did, uh, uh, what was it, High Flying Bird on an iPhone. Um, anyway, but, uh, but I, I think SOV is a state of mind is what I'm saying. I want to know I, if John Waters has seen Blonde Death, because that's like a goal, is to make sure that he's seen that movie, because I'm sure he would be very, very happy. If John Waters Blonde hasn't seen Blonde Death, someone needs to, to correct that. But I, I would put money on that he has. I, I would say he has. I'm going to find out. All right, Please. I'll report back next episode. <laughs> All right. Brad, you are precious uh, to me, buddy. Everyone go out there, hug your friends uh, virtually. Don't really hug them because, Jesus Christ, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Have some fucking respect for life. Uh, punch Nazis. What, what else do we want to say? We want to say uh, get out and vote, rock the vote. Uh, we want to say what else? This is the last time we could be talking for a little bit because we've already recorded all the other ones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Got it. All right. For Bradley, Friday the 13th, can't come soon enough. Henderson, this is Mike D saying, oh, what did I want to say? Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. The hook gon' be what it is, the hands off, the retribution for what you took from the man. Got blood on the rust, God bless the red earth, the dead man walks the tongue bridge, a bridge, the time space, the boot, the concrete, the project undone, they juke it. Major look, you can't see it, the mob built the walls, the streets bleed sweet, syrup, the bees love it. 
They coming on a swarm and they raining on your college ass disco. Get your collar turned up in your freshest attire. Get your bitch womb ready, cause this baby gon' be fire. It's not a dream, it's a memory. Memory glands heavy in the sky, blacked out already. Stop screaming. The flames ain't shit to a demon. Say the name. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. The hook gon' be the last thing she remember. The fast lane in December, off in drift when she drive. College girl looking for the love, learned about it in a book, but she always kept the gloves on. So when the skin touch, shit, head rush, red blush, lipstick, she just crush a lot. Every pun pales in comparison, a joke to a jester, she inundated with dick, thick. And becoming conservative in her fucking and nervous that she would rush him, but murder wasn't discussing. The further she learned to trust him, the merger of love and lust, and she's serving it all up just cause he hold her when he would bust. Until nine months later, with a stomach full of devil baby, she started to think it's time to pump the brakes. But that train left the station with a great migration, bloody tracks left right by the drain. Say the name. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. The hook gon' be the coldest pimp slap, coat rack for man's skin. Let it air dry. Swiss cheese, the brother already half dead, brain leaking out a hole in his forehead. Lobotomies like pills, get them for cheap. The party line crack kills, they trying to see. But this one more a hairline fracture, leave the face painted a mask for the hereafter. After the smoke clears and the highs come down, and the halogen hallucinations don't make a sound. Just a bunch of scared junkies not making the call, and a Guernica and blood on the wall. Say the name. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies.